Hey, this is Dave. This is Tim. And this is Dave and Tim. No, okay. and Dave. I got Tim and Dave. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. This. Well, we testing? should actually add that into the show. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. This is Tim. And this is Dave. This is Tim and Dave. You got anything minor that's been grinding your gears? No, not particularly. Not particularly. Darn. My gears have been pretty on ground recently. Yeah, it's been, well, it's a, it's a what do they call it? The lazy dog days of summer. Dog days it's of summer. so hot that yeah. you just really don't feel like it's, you know, I mean, even the news cycle, it's just, I don't know, maybe we're getting more jaded to the idea of what is being discussed. Because it's, I to guess, me, like this week, the big Trump news. Trump said something on Twitter. Something about Muka oh, okay. Blah, blah, blah. All right. That's, a, uh, that was Honestly, old, that's like, this what, is the, like, I heard that news article like a month or two ago if we about had, something if we else. Had, like, Having Trump as president, if we're going to have it, I think he better be saying stuff like this on Twitter. Like, give us something. <laughs> At least, well, I, if I, we can't have a good president, I want an entertaining president. <laughs> it'd be better to have a good, unenter- it'd be best to have a good and entertaining president. Yeah. yeah. It'd be better to have a good, FDR, but unentertaining FDR did president. that with the fireside chats. All, all that Twittering? All the Twitter. <laughs> no, you're right. The fireside chats. That's like Trump's Twitter. Although I imagine I what FDR talked about on the fireside chats was somewhat more dignified than talking about Mika Brzezinski's facelift. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how he makes these uh, nicknames for everyone, though. I, I, like Psycho I, I, I Joe. If, I wonder if he writes them myself. Oh, uh, those? Oh, yeah. He writes them himself. Geez, no doubt about it. I will. You know, it's interesting. I did read an article uh, about how he said, I am not. So, the way he phrased it was like, I'm not like your regular president, normal president. I'm uh-huh. the modern day contemporary president. Because he was speaking about yeah. how he's like using Twitter, etc. Oh, yeah. No, I, I saw that exact tweet. It yeah. was like, because after he made that tweet about uh, Brzezinski and all that stuff, yeah. everyone's saying, you're not being dignified to your office. This isn't dignified. And he's like, I'm not acting presidential. I'm acting modern day presidential. <laughs> <laughs> Which and is I, true. And it's untrue. It's, I, I really am curious to see whether this is a thing that will... I've changed politics. No. Oh, wait. What do you mean? By which, oh, by which I mean, well, the way in which presidents communicate. Well, yeah, is this just sure. as an outlier of just ridiculousness yeah. and the fall of Rome is I don't starting so. now? Or is this like. I I've just been reading I, a lot I, I, about I, the fall of Rome lately. Well, I mean, we're in those. I mean, how, maybe we're fall. Rome had many different eras. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And we had the good emperor. Era, it had the fall of the imperial. The early republic. The real, early republic fell. Yeah. Then the early empire fell throughout the uh, third century. And that, then Diocletian came around and really remade the whole yeah, thing. It was totally the, different the good from empire, what it used to the be. The good emperors. No, no, no. The good emperors were before that reform. Right. So we had the, so we had the end of the republic with right. Julius Caesar. Right. Then we had Augustus, good emperor, some bad emperors in between. Mm-hmm. Then we had the so-called five good emperors. Yeah. And then after the five good emperors, when Commodus took over, and then everything, everything went to hell for a while. Then for a long period of time, stuff was like falling apart all over the place. It was real bad. Right. Then throughout, after the so-called crisis of the third century, right. um, Aurelian basically restored the empire. Mm-hmm. After him, it was it started because once he was gone, it started to come apart again. But then when Diocletian took over, like he totally reformed the structures right. of the empire, so it was much less personal than than it used to be. He really centralized it and bureaucratized it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then for about a good hundred years or a little more, it went along well because at that point, um, after Diocletian's reforms, you really needed a good emperor in right. there and. A point of Diocletian's reforms and the general social changes mm-hmm. was that 
becoming emperor was a lot more meritocratic. Right. So yeah. you did have good emperors yeah. who could manage that highly centralized and system. And then eventually became more but, of a dynastic yeah, system. Sort of with uh, Constantine. Right. But then after that, once that iteration of the empire started to come apart, it was like there wasn't a way they could reinvent right. it that again. Was, that was about it just came 600 apart. years of history. And yeah. I think, uh-huh. you know, looking back on just... I don't think there's any really good parallels to make with America. Well, Things are too different, well, obviously. Well, I don't know. Because, like, well, we're hitting our 300-year mark soon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's half That's half as long as the Roman Empire. You know what I mean? Are we just thinking of the Roman Empire from, like... I'm just thinking about the, 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 the Rome before the, schi- the, 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 the schism. The split yeah, of East of, and West. Correct, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're about... Because, as you said, and we have said before, that America could very well split into two okay, eventually. If, yeah, and if, if that's you the want... Case, because America's huge. Like, uh-huh. if, just because they're states, they're territories. Mm-hmm. Think of England. Small, small country. You know yeah. what I mean? Think of France. Think of Germany. These long-lasting standing countries. They, they did have their imperial histories, mm-hmm. you know, with France, with, uh, uh, with the trading companies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then you had England with the, the British Empire. Yeah. Uh-huh. Germany with its failed wars. Uh-huh. Um, and even Russia, to some extent, too, had its almost... Well, Russia exists as a, like, expansionary... I think it is yeah, polity. Yeah, it's just for for it, all in antiquity it had a very diverse um what do you call it? Diverse aspect of it. Oh, by the way, by the mm. way, here's a little fun question for you. Ooh. What was considered the third uh, Roman Empire? Um the Third Reich, you mean? No, the third Roman Empire. So the first empi- Roman the, was the Roman Empire. And the, then and the second was, empire was the Holy Roman Empire. Well, no, it was Byzantine. Okay, okay. okay. Oh, then I guess that's Russia, right? Yeah, it would be Russia. Because yeah. Yeah, per- eventually... Not for really good reason. No, but, but it was just it's, it's interesting. So yeah. it's considered the Third Roman Look, Empire. The Third, Ro- the third, third Roman, Roman Empire is wait, Russia. <laughs> the Third Empire? Like, are you talking about the Third Reich? No, no, no. We're not definitely talking... I don't think that has any parallel. I don't even know why they call that's it the Third because Reich. the First Roman Empire was the Roman Empire. Right. Wait, no, 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 no. That's not why. The First German Empire was the Holy Roman Empire. Right. Then you had... The colonial German Empire, right. and the third one was going to be Hitler's Empire. Yeah, okay, huh. that's why it's the Third Reich. Megalomaniacs, megalomaniacs. Oh, yes. but yeah. By but, the way, there's a funny um, historical joke about the Holy Roman Empire. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, the humorous musings of believe, Tim on the Tim and Dave show. I, I believe it was. I believe it was Voltaire. Studio audience, cue. I believe it was Voltaire who famously quipped, "The Holy Roman Empire, which was neither holy nor Roman nor an empire." Thanks, Timmy. It's funny. <laughs> See, you're laughing. I love you, man. <laughs> you, you're quoting Voltaire in, yeah. in, in sideshow comedy. I love it. You should be on stage doing this stuff. I should. <laughs> I Historical think... stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a gimmick that i would love to see you on stage that would be kind of funny just think about it, like what's the deal with the grok brothers <laughs> like you'd really you'd really you really need a, a very niche crowd yeah, for this yeah. stuff. Like, like you guys ever try coliseum food <laughs> <laughs> like just really lame stand-up comedy like stereotypes yeah but like have with you ever read history. across a, a saxon <laughs> Boy, oh boy, my, um, what's the word? My, um, never mind. Great job, Tim. This is good. This is, this is already this coming is... out to be looking like a really great idea. Yeah. Um, interesting enough about the Coliseum. So there was a lot of sex sellers, uh, uh-huh. and sex dealers, like prostitutes, etc. Like in, in, in the, the Coliseum, Coliseum like right, looking right. for customers. Correct. Yeah. I can imagine so, that. So interesting enough, there was a quote, there's a legend of a secret elixir that was like the best birth mm. control. Oh, 
ever. Like, you know, women I thought would you were take talking it. about an aphrodisiac for a second. No, it was an aphrodisiac. Uh, I think they have a, I think they have, there, there's always legends in that yeah, in yeah, history yeah. about something that makes you last a million years or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but there was a specific one they said was so well used in the Roman Empire hmm. that eventually the, the, the plant itself became extinct. And they think that, the, huh. yeah, they think that the plant itself was shaped in what we today look like and image as the heart symbol huh. when you look, wow yeah they say they don't know exactly where the image of the heart that's why came they from. thought that's where they think it can't it comes they from say, they say there's a legend that had a similar depiction of shape as our heart symbol that was a use of birth control during huh. ancient antiquity and they say that because of its overuse by the time of the roman empire uh, and the Colosseum, mm-hmm. etc and the fall of rome there was none left just like the idea of the roman fire or what was it called roman roman fire yeah roman fire What's that it was um it was i guess the early form of gunpowder yeah yeah roman fire yeah roman fire. The, uh, the byzantines used it against the turks i think right and then the the, the formula for that was lost but then eventually ah. we realized it probably was gunpowder, it's just gunpowder. Or, some, or something of that nature yeah but yeah no they so that's where they think derived the shape of wow. a heart because I if you think about it, that i mean maybe maybe one could argue that when one and i can't say i have this from experience hmm. You know, has their buttocks in a certain position where hmm. if you it can if, if you like put your buttocks on possibly a a a, um, a, a, a glass mirror for example, okay, you can see that if you put your wow. bare buttocks to it, it actually is shaped as a heart. Perhaps they argue that's possibly where it came from, but hmm. physiologically, our heart does not look anywhere close to yeah, what the symbol of a heart looks like. So that's a fun fact about Colosseum uh, etiquette and the uses of birth control in ancient times and whether or not that came from... That is actually very interesting, aside from your incredibly bizarre digression to buttholes, <laughs> no, from, which I see... Not buttholes, have... but, but buttocks. 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 Yes, yes, correct. Ah, okay. So, but speaking of traveling and... and, and uh, buttocks, Tim. Uh-huh. You, you you were telling me before the podcast that you booked your uh, booked your uh, little yeah. Uh, my tell, tell our listeners about a little bit about so, what, your, um, what your plans are for the summer. Going to Paris, then to Prague, then to Helsinki. Nice. So why specifically those three locations? Well, I had to go to um, Paris because you know I'm into French history. I know some French, some French, some French. He, he's being modest, ladies and gentlemen. He he can speak French. No, I can't. Yes, I can, can read French. Y- I can't uh, speak it very well. Well, I mean, like, it's all about fluency. Like, Tim, what if I said, Bonjour, mon ami. Yeah. Je ne sais pas au français. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay, so then say something back to me. Je ne puis m'expresser comme ça. I just don't know how to express myself like that. I'm not good at speaking tell, extemporaneously tell me, in tell French. Tell me, Tim, tell me, Tim, that I uh, order me, I want you want to order a nice espresso as if I was a bar- barista. Uh, so, bonjour. Bonjour. Uh, An espresso, s'il vous plaît. Uh, oui, oui. Simplement. Tim, you freaking speak no, French. No, I don't. You no, I don't. French. No, I really oh my don't. Goodness. Oh my goodness! Any French speakers out there? Please, I would love to hear your critique. If, you on... s- if someone spoke to me in French, I would be able to understand it. That's speaking. French. No, it's not. Speaking French is speaking French. Being able to express yourself extemporaneously in a language. You would know, Tim. You would obviously would not be able to speak in the same vernacular uh-huh. and 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 magnitude as you would in English. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't just say you'd be able to get by. I think you would be able to hold a conversation with a person speaking. Maybe French. we'll see. Who knows? Anyway, so oh, that's Jesus. why I'm going to Paris because okay. I had to go. Then Prague. How long have you been in Paris? About four days. Nice. You're going to yeah. see the Louvre? 
definitely going to see the Louvre. Probably make like I'll probably have one day be like the the, mu- the museum day. Yeah, dude. I'm maybe the Louvre and also um, I spe- yeah. What Orsay? The, the Musée Orsay. See, is Bastille in 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 the, the Bastille is in Paris? Yeah. Yes. Go to that. I haven't gone to. I didn't. I, when I went to Paris, I went to the. Uh, we're not getting into my story about my Paris ordeal. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll share that story when Tim gets back. Uh, but. Uh, I was in the Louvre for like six to eight hours. Yeah, and yeah. It was uh-huh. there was this really, and even then you're not. It's enormous. Yeah, no. There, the, there is a really um, beautiful exhibit. Like there's a specific era in in Roman history that uh-huh. I, I forget what it's called. It's um, it's it's it. It was destroyed. These people's art was destroyed, but it was beautiful. It wasn't Cree. Uh-huh. It wasn't Cree. That's Greek. Um, uh, geez, Louise, what was it called? I don't know. Well, we'll probably go back to that. Again yeah, and we'll but no, like, it. can you think of any characteristics it, of it? it? It was just, it was like Time completely. Period? It was, it was early. It was early on. It was completely destroyed. All the remnants of it. It's very hard to find artifacts of this era huh. in Rome. And um, I want, I, I just, I, I, um, Etruscan, Etruscan, uh-huh. God, beautiful, really, it's so difficult to find that in any museum. But they had, and it's the Louvre, mind you, the uh-huh. Louvre is huge. It's the world's, it's the world's time capsule. Yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. human history as we know it inside a building. And all they had was a corner, a freaking corner uh-huh. in this museum for the attract. Yeah, we know very little about the. They're actually a very interesting civilization. They were Rome's um, rival in its early days. Right. Right. And also they spoke a non-Indo-European language, which is incredibly interesting. Right. Very few um his, there's very little historical attestations of European societies that don't speak an Indo-European language. Right, right, right. Because the Indo-Europeans invaded the whole freaking thing yeah. before societies really got to the point where they could write stuff down. And that's what makes it such it, an enigma. The Etruscans were one of the few who like got to the point and like held on for a good bit of time then, with a non-Indo-European speaking society. And then, then they got killed by the Romans. And then and then you got the and then you got the 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 Roman himself. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's beautiful. No, so I went, I spent 6 hours at the Louvre. So, yeah. yeah. So you get four days in Paris. Uh-huh. Might go to might go to Versailles. Yeah, that's the major. Yeah, uh, yeah. Treaty of Versailles, all that stuff. Not, no, the major uh, palace, the Palace of Versailles, where Louis the Fourteenth oh, really? lived. Where is that? Is that in Paris too? It's really close to Paris. Remember, it's that giant palace complex when um, the Sun oh, King is at the right, the Sun King. He like right. wanted to get control of all his people, so he forced all the um, aristocrats to, to all live hang in out this like weird at weird, and like he, like, made, he made them compete against each other to like hold his mirror while he took a dump. Oh my god, that's like so that strange. Kind of stuff. That's so strange. Is that when they started putting wallpaper on walls? Probably. Like that, that style. I forget what it's called. Deco? Deco art? Yeah, I think it was made Deco. It's definitely not Deco. What the heck was it? I forget what it's um, called. Like, I kind of know what you're thinking of, but the term isn't eh. com- coming to my mind. All right, so you're going to go to Paris for four days and maybe uh-huh. Versailles. Baroque? Baroque no, was Baroque. even earlier. No, 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 no. Baroque's different. Okay, so I'm going there. Then I'm going to Prague. There was no specific reason like why I chose Prague. Yeah. I mean, it was up. I know I wanted to go to Paris. I know I wanted to go to Helsinki. And then there were a couple different cities mm-hmm. in the running. I just chose Prague one because it's cheap. Um, the architecture there is very it's good and well preserved. It is and so I'm like, eye candy. I'm really into architecture. We know how much I hate modern American architecture, right? So I really want to go to somewhere that's like really well preserved, mm-hmm. like you know, well, Hitler. Yeah, Hitler when he invaded all of Europe, he specifically said, "I'm not messing with Prague. Like I do not really? want." Prague to be destroyed mm. to the ground. Like there was a large Jewish population in that uh-huh. area. Um, what, what Kafka came from Prague. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he, it is it is beautiful. It is truly 
truly a beautiful place for mm-hmm. and uh i i would say uh enjoy enjoy that aspect of it because it's i just i was only there for a day but it was it's yeah. eye candy it's so uh-huh. beautiful so yeah you'll enjoy it you'll then enjoy i'm it. going to helsinki so and i don't let's let's tell our viewers our listeners excuse me what, what is helsinki where is helsinki Capital of Finland. A capital of Finland. Uh-huh. And Finland's like off the way. It's like on its own little space in Europe. It's like uh, an island almost, right? No, it's, um, you know, the peninsula that has Sweden and Norway, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like but it's not Norway mainland Europe. The... No, but neither is Sweden and Norway, if you want to think of it that way. Okay, so... Well, Sweden that... and Norway aren't mainland Europe either, right? Yeah, you're right. So, you know, on the west, far west, there's Norway, right? Right. Then to the east, there's Sweden, mm-hmm. right? Then to the further east, there's Finland. Yeah. Yeah, it's closer to the Netherlands almost, right? No. Okay, then I don't know what we're talking okay. about. The point is, it's not on mainland Europe. It's uh, kind of like northern, across from a, a little pond or a sea or whatever. Kind of, It's connected to the continent. Really? As much as Norway and Sweden are. Okay, well, fair enough. But it's further. It's like further off. It's it's close to Russia. So why Finland? I don't know. I just kind of like the idea of Helsinki. Why? I don't know. Don't you sometimes get a certain idea in your mind that you'd like to go to a certain place? No. Not for any specific reason? No. Really? No. Yes, you do. I do not. Name one. Name one in my life I've ever said. No, you must have. No, I don't. You just don't ever like have an idea about a certain place and you think, it'd be interesting to visit that certain place. Not for any specific reason, but just no. because I have that. I'm, I'm idea very in intentful my of, my, of my journeys. I don't I'm, know. It's my personality, though. I, I hear I'm you. very much of a planner. You know what I mean? I hear you. Plus, from Helsinki, you can take a ferry to Tallinn. Which is the capital of Estonia, which supposedly has the like best preserved um, medieval city center in Europe. Do it, dude. See, yeah. that's another thing. Check out the city centers um, in all the places that you go, mm-hmm. even if you get sidetracked and go yeah. on these things. Like, it's strange where it, these European cities do have a literal city center. Like, if you go out Midwest, mm. uh, a lot of Midwestern cities have kind of that pillar in the middle of the road yeah where it's like and with the monument that's very common among europe i don't see it so much in the u.s as much as you huh. would think like maybe the old northeastern cities maybe but like you know, to me like I, I don't i didn't see that as much but in europe most especially interesting so but that's awesome tim I, I think i think your life will you will look at the world differently you say that i don't think so I don't I, see how. Traveling changes a person. Maybe some people. I don't think it would change me. I already know a lot about these places I'm going to. Oh, a book. I know a, a book, lot a about book, the world. Book, my friend. Everyone says that, but the I don't know people, if it's true. The people you meet. That's what's I already know. About I, I know about the people. You don't know shit about people I know in about general, people. Tim. So. I know about the people. <laughs> uh, talk to random people at bars. Talk to... Just, yeah. just, just enjoy it, dude. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. And you're there for about 10 days. About yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh-huh. When I was ninth, well, I'm leaving on the ninth, getting there on the tenth, coming back on the twenty first. Awesome, awesome. It's about eleven days, yeah, eleven days. So what I did after my first job year on on the on the job, I, I uh-huh. said I'm going to Europe for mm-hmm. two weeks or whatever, and just getting out of town. Now that I'm like, pla- there's so many places I want to go though. Like I should have started going places a lot earlier, but of course I couldn't. Well, yeah, I really want to see like I I want to go around the Mediterranean. Oh, I just, I, there's just something about like the Mediterranean way of life, just being a lazy, <laughs> not working. We conquered the world, the Tim. Of the day. We conquered the world once, Tim. I know. I, there's me. nothing lazy about Roman history. Believe me, I'm big on the Mediterranean. I support it. Okay, but they're all lazy. They don't want to work, and they oh, sleep in the God. middle of the oh, day. Oh my God. And they all stay at home, and they live with their big extended families, and they drink wine all day, and they take naps. I don't at think noon. this is actually what David. Actually... You're making this face as if I'm talking about something bad. This is like high, you... This is high praise coming from me. <laughs> I like that way of life. 
I strongly support it. I think I don't. I don't know if you would if you want to be with your extended family for all days during the duration. I guess it depends on well, how drunk a, you are. It's a, <laughs> but no, it's a it's a very Mediterranean way of life. Well, I mean, the, the world is your oyster, my friend, uh, and there is so much left. In the, we're living until we're one hundred. You know, mm, got, you maybe know. no. Well, we're living until we're one hundred. That's the way it so. is. Okay. Speaking about living uh, as the world is our oyster. Huh. We're talking uh, about oysters now. No. Oh, uh, darn it. So I was thinking about this the other day, and it came to my attention that, you know, looking at American history and what's presidential, what's not presidential. Which presidents like teed oysters? Again, we're, we're, you're losing the track here. We're okay. not talking about oysters today. Shellfish topics were two podcasts ago, and we were talking uh, about the gooey duck, okay? Darn it. <laughs> darn it. Almost had my chance. No, but um, George Washington, right? Hmm. We we talk about presidents on this podcast yeah. quite often, and mostly Trump, mostly Trump. But then we we talk about some negatives about all the presidents. Uh-huh. But when I was thinking about George Washington, is I can't for the life of me think of one negative, like a yeah. big faux pas in in George Washington's There's, past. I mean, I'm sure if you read like a thousand page biography about George Washington, yeah, you would find numerous unsalubrious facts about him. Well, here's the thing: but like, like if you're just looking for bad stuff, like everyone knows bad stuff about Thomas Jefferson, or maybe Abraham Lincoln. Or like FDR or something, you can find like right, right, but, the specific infamous but things thing. associated. But with here's them. the thing: like on the top of my head, all the men you just described, I can easily t- yeah, rattle uh-huh. off crap that like no, actually, you know, I can say this person did this or this or this or this. Uh-huh. George Washington, it's not built. Okay, what did Lincoln do other than sleep in the same bed as one of his friends? Uh, um, We've done it before, David. Well, yeah, many times. Well, I wouldn't say many. And <laughs> <laughs> well, well, <laughs> okay. The point is, is that. Well, I wouldn't say that's the biggest faux pas on his on and his what? on his man. Some would argue that the way in which he dealt with the Civil War could have been handled better. Mm. Um, his his planning of certain things, or or I don't know. Like, there's just I I don't I, I think. Did that, you watch that Steven Spielberg Lincoln movie? I did not. No, it was pretty good. It was decent. I, I just I never got around to it. Uh-huh. But I'm sure it would be much more easier to ridicule Abraham Lincoln, and he's not benevolent. Mm. But George Washington. Benevolent, huh? Benevolent. So I started looking into it, and like I couldn't for the life of me, because in my head, and just like yours, there's a there is a chasm of just files after files Mm. of random pieces of information. Yeah, yeah. Like most people, I'm sure, Uh but I'm sure about other topics. But for us, we're using our useless our useless knowledge of history. Yes, very useless. Yes, right. Quite (laughs) as if someone would ever make a podcast for the such Uh for such a thing. But but you got nothing on Big GW. I'm looking through the filing cabinet, and I can't. So where do I go to to find such information? I go to Google. Okay. And for the life of me, Tim, I cannot. I hmm. cannot find anything terrible about him. I know I, I know that George Washington, he doesn't have a middle name. Can we blame a man for that? Yeah. Um he wore or his real hair. He didn't have a wig. Can we wow. blame a man for that? Yeah, it's pretty good. You know? Um he also was uh, the individual in which he, you know, had uh, the highest rank. I mean, he was infertile. Can we blame a man for that? Really? He never had kids? No. Actually, wow. that's actually huh. an interesting fact because he is... So a big reason why people wanted him to be president was mm-hmm. because, again, you got to think about it in the mindset of the revolutionaries. Yeah. They were adamantly afraid of having another dynastic system mm-hmm. where yeah. if a person became the leader, their uh-huh. son would probably be the subsequent leader afterwards. But mm-hmm. President George Washington had no 
male heirs whatsoever. Mm. So, and he was horribly hit, ill his entire life. Yeah. Um, he did have children through his wife's first marriage. Martha's had like ah. three, four children. And if Martha was able to produce three or four children and then by marrying Washington was able to have no children, I would say the onus would be on Washington Probably. by not being able to have any children. Most likely. Now, he was very sick as a child. They think because he had syphilis, not syphilis, <laughs> uh, mumps or, or some sort of yeah. pox or whatever. Uh-huh. That made him infertile. Interesting. Uh, so because of he had no children, they're all like, well, no one will secede him when he dies. And by doing so, so the, 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 the democ- democratic experiment can be taken on. I mean, mm. some could say he wasn't religious. Maybe that's bad. I don't really think so. Um, I mean, I know he was like Alexander Hamilton was like his protege, right? Yeah, and well, Hamilton was a Hamilton big wasn't a protege because Alexander Hamilton could never become president. No, no, but I mean, like politically, like he was his right hand man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, and I know Hamilton was like a big guy in driving the United States to being. More centralized and more elitist yeah. than the uh, Jeffersonians would have liked. So I guess a lot of people might dislike him for that. Uh, he fell in love with his best friend's wife. Mm, maybe. But he didn't act on it, supposedly. How do you, how do you know? I you don't know that. Google. You don't know. No one knows. According to Joseph Eliza's We don't ex- know whether George Washington and this woman got it on 300 years ago. Well... I'm not saying they didn't, but I will say that. I'm it, saying they did. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's it then. There we go. He was in love with a woman wow, that wasn't his. What a terrible person. Guess he's not the founding banging father. His best friends, banging his best he friend's wife. He did not do This is not a confirmed <laughs> thing. That's rough. Some some say he's the worst presidential portrait. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I think that's a little over the top, though. It's yeah. not really a, an own, a, a terrible... What about Teddy Roosevelt? What did he do that was so bad? Uh, God, what did he do bad? I don't know. I, I'm sure we could find something. I'm sure, yeah. It's, but again, you're not. You can't think of anything. Think no one gives a crap about Teddy Roosevelt. Are you kidding me? He's one of the most illustrious presidents. Illustrious? Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Like, whenever not... people talk about the great presidents, he's high on the list. Well, because he did nature stuff, right? Yeah, plus he was just very pl- trust-busting. What's that? Breaking up the monopolies. That's that was pretty, all Teddy that's Roosevelt. Cool and that too. was like a big, big like, that's like the big all thing right, people right, talk fair about. Fair enough, fair we enough. Got Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Maybe a very cool guy, What about too? James Monroe? I don't know anything about James Monroe Okay, at all. Monroe Doctrine. But I very, very, very regularly. Is that about, like... That's like if anyone messes around in South America, right, we don't want right, that. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just, yeah, I don't know. So that, that's an idea that came to my mind. Another weird quipping that came presently in my head was hmm. I was at the grocery store buying bulk snacks. Ooh. I know, right? So yeah. when I'm really hungry for like Reese's Pieces, instead of like buying uh-huh. them out of boxes and stuff, I like put them like in this big weighed out bag and I eat them. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I mislabel some of the things because I'm all like, I shouldn't pay that much for almonds. Come yeah, on. Yeah. So. <laughs> So uh, uh, one of the places, one of the treats that I enjoy eating, I first came across when I was living in Japan. Hmm, what's uh, that? And these are like kind of like considered bar snacks. It's, they're, they're rice rice treats. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So they're salty. Um, they're crunchy. Hmm. Like it's like I guess it's just a different texture and a different flavor, but with like rice compounded snacks. Okay. Um, I would just say rice snacks would be rice the title snacks. for it. Like but, the rice patties. It's hard to explain. Like they look like Fritos almost. It's okay, they're, they're okay. like the equivalent of Fritos for Japan. Uh-huh. Um, but as a labeling of what they consider them, as far as you know, the snack itself, they consider them as Asian 
Oriental mix. Uh huh. That's what they call it. Yeah. Asian Oriental. Asian Oriental. Or why would oriental. they need both? I, I, Asian and why, Oriental. Regardless, I I wondered myself. You know, that's kind of like why would you call? I mean, I don't see. Maybe this is typical for individuals uh-huh. of Asian descent to eat these snacks in their country. However, I wouldn't feel it necessary just to say. Well, what's the flavoring like? Is it flav- salty? It's like rice wasabi. crackers, wasabi. But I would. Those are traditional Asian but, flavors. But rego- well, I would. The thing is, though, this. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, fine. These are quote unquote Asian snacks. Yeah, okay. They're Asian snacks. Asian mix is uh-huh. what mostly was Asian called. Mix. An Asian mix. Um, I don't see African American mix up there. Well, there's not like what's the traditional African American flavor. Well, I guarantee. That's the point I'm trying to make. Like, how can you subsequently but say there are traditional Asian flavors in terms of American? What about cuisine? Hispanic mix, Tim? What about Eskimo mix? Eskimo I want, mix. I want, I want some want, of my, ex- some some my <laughs> penguin-flavored snacks, please. Like, like penguin beak walrus And fat. furthermore, furthermore, if you went to another country, what would be the white mix, Tim? I bet you see. I bet what in would foreign be, countries. What would be the white mix? Like, probably like hot dogs or something. <laughs> so it's just like a bag or just like of, potato of chips Dehydrated hot dogs. Yeah. I bet you if you go to, especially places in Asia, uh-huh. you'll find food labeled American or Western something. Yeah, but what, 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 would it, what would it be? I don't know. Go there and find out. I'm not going all the way to Asia and asking the snack <laughs> Probably like like distributors. Bar- maybe like some do you have, barbecue. Do you, have, do you have white mix? Yeah. <laughs> they probably look at me like, what the, who are you? Get out of here, you weird, <laughs> you weird person. Um, you gaijin. Gaijin dakara suimasen. Sorry. Anyways, okay. um... I would think closest to "quote unquote" white mix or American mix would be mm-hmm. just what we eat here as a mix, which would be Chex yeah. mix. Okay. So, but I would still consider that Chex mix. Mm. I don't think of it as white mix. But this Asian mix, what are the flavorings? I'm just—it's salty crackers and crap. There's no flavor. Like they don't say wasabi. Yeah. Or soy. Well, there's, there's some wasabi stuff, but I'm saying like it's just—it's just a snack. Why call okay. it Asian mix? I Why don't, not? It's, it's a rice mix. They're branding. branding it. It's branding. Racist. Br- ladies, and gentlemen, racist. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to sell great, nice products for the white American population, yeah. just put Asian in front of it and it'll sell like hotcakes. Go to your closest well, giant near you. Well, yeah, you're not saying something incorrect. I just, it just, it just baffles me. Okay, like a lot of Americans go gaga for Asian stuff. So that's probably why. I just, it just baffles me. It just baffles me. Like who in America is going to go gaga for white stuff? Like, oh, this, this white mix. That's what I want to put in my mouth right now. But Americans are going to be walking around and see, oh, Asian mix. I just goes to show you, I talked about the, 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 you know, the topic of just, just objectifying that culture of, of the Asian culture in America and how that's like a thing. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of objectification and the way people grow up, you had read an article regarding... Yeah, I read an interesting article by James Buchanan, an interesting yeah, figure, yeah, definitely yeah. a racist person. Oh, definitely racist. But he's an interesting figure and has some interesting ideas on things. So his main thing he was writing about was um, how the overstructured childhoods, especially among middle class and upper middle class yeah. people, you know, nowadays you can't just be a kid and go play in the playground or whatever, Correct. right? You got to be booked for your violin lessons or your after school activities or your enrichment, whatever, or blah, 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 or your stupid sport little league thing, right? So the idea he posited was that this tendency to have a very overbooked, structured, um, very ordered childhood, especially among the middle and upper middle class, may be leading to them having authoritarian tendencies 
where they have less of an emphasis on freedom and just, you know, free being and more of an emphasis on order and things being very structured and um, laid out by a centralized authority. And I would, uh, yeah, I've, I've read about this before. And I think there's probably something to it. I think there is. I think it's, it's to me, again, as I, just, I discussed this last time, it's discourse. Just uh-huh. the way you're brought up really does affect how you interact. Like, with- I know your your childhood was, was very structured. You had all these things you went to. Uh, you know, but here's the thing, I too. Had, like, I was very unstructured. I think so, too. Like, I, I did have a very structured layout of, of activities. Mm-hmm. I will I will say that. I went to Boy Scouts. I, yeah. I did martial arts. Did you play something? I played baseball. Oh, yeah. You, I did no, I mean, you did the jazz. I did a saxophone. Uh, I, I did school events like lip syncing when I was a child. I didn't really get into like the plays and stuff as a kid. Yeah, I did yeah. chorus as a child too. Wow. Um, I, I did, did none of these activities. You didn't. No, I remember. I know you didn't. But here's the thing too. I think, I think at the same token, I think you know that sort of discourse allowed me to interact in a certain disposition where I, I feel like I can maneuver around more social situations and perhaps Maybe. that. No, it did because in, in, in the sense that it gave me more experience with different experiences you mm. understand what i'm saying uh, I, I read before i said this before last time on the podcast and i, I highly recommend if anybody is interested in like a, a really interesting sociological perspective about class and discourse and how one is raised and how that totally affects everything else down the line there's a book uh written by anita laura uh l-a-r-e-a-u uh it's called unequal childhoods class race and family life mm-hmm. it's a it's an interesting pr- prospect in the sense that it gives you uh, a, a a a a very I don't know the best way to describe it. It's just a very dynamic way of approaching you know how people are brought up. Mm-hmm. Not, um, they, 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 uh, one of the things is uh, I mean, I'm going to quote this. In the accomplishment of natural growth, children experience long stretches of leisure time, child-initiated play, clear boundaries uh-huh. between adults and children, and yeah. daily interactions with kin. People from working class and poor families, despite tremendous economic strain, often have more childlike lives with autonomy from adults and control over their extended uh leisure time. Mm -hmm. And and that's – if anyone wants to see where I quoted that, it's on page three and four uh, of the text that I had just described. And it's true. Mm -hmm. And they have a different sense of camaraderie among family members their chi- their childhood communities uh-huh. versus the establishments of adults around them. And yeah. I think, again, as we said before, if you're interacting with adults more, you have a better gauge of experience to maneuver around adult livings. Mm-hmm. So that's why individuals who don't have uh, the the affordableness of being able to be in these extracurriculars uh-huh. have a better advantage in the school systems because school systems are built around yeah, maneuvering uh-huh. around authorities and then if you go to your next your colleges you talk you work with professors as if almost they are they are what's the word they're above you in the sense of of of, of status and you have uh-huh. to pay attention to them but there is a rapport that you can you that you can have with that professor where you can maneuver around them speaking of that so here's my experience with that now the whole thing of different discourses and how it feeds into how children experience the um, structured schooling dynamic Correct. right yeah so for the upper middle class middle class very structured childhood Correct. That's like training for what school is going to be like. Exactly. And when they go to school, it's not like a discontinuity Correct. from how they lived Correct. before, right? Correct. Whereas the children who don't have these activities don't have much direct oversight, more so play around among themselves. Yep. For them, 
the for, the institution of formal of form formal schooling Correct. is like a huge major yep. discontinuity yep. Yep. from everything mm-hmm. they've known before from uh-huh. what they consider natural life Correct. from what they prefer to do and want to do and are used to doing yes so that's a major so that was the case for me yeah which is probably a major reason why I didn't do well in elementary middle or high school the thing was though I yeah. did like very very well in college like without any well, effort. I think you started late. Well, you started later in college. Yeah. Right? You, you worked for like two years, right? Uh-huh. You grew up to become more of a, of, of a, you, you grew into the adult piece of you because you worked for a while. Uh-huh. You were outside of that environment. And I think you matured. You know what I mean? And then Maybe. I think I, think I would have done well if I went right to college, though. Well, academically, perhaps, but uh-huh. then you, as I know, there's a lot more to college than just that. Not you know really. I, mean? I think so. I think there is. I think there's a piece to play about maturity and things of that nature. I personally went to community college for the first two years, and uh-huh. I'm happy I did because if my, my 18 year old self wouldn't be able to do it in in in, in a four year, uh, mm, I think I would have done very well. Well, I mean, it's either here nor there. We didn't do it. Now yeah, here yeah, we yeah. are. We, we turned out to be. But somewhat... No, I do actually think that um, college is a big discontinuity from what um. Like middle high school, elementary school. I think like. I think to, it's very to, different. I think it's more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is in the sense autonomous. more self, more autonomous. Yeah. So that's why I kind of have the feeling that I don't know. I think those sort of I don't know. I think a childhood like the more lower class childhoods where where there's more autonomy, less structure. I think that is in a sense more conducive to college life than it is conducive to middle school, high school life. I think so, but I still think there are lessons to be learned in the way one must behave in an academic setting that uh-huh. are being ingrained, albeit in a very you know monotonous, machine-like way in, mm-hmm. in secondary education, that if not learned – like I remember the way – I look back at some of the things that I said to my professors and even the, even the, even the department chair. Of what it, were you saying? I'm not going to say any specifics, <laughs> but I remember when Speaking I was talking to – Speaking of the prostitutes to, I, I, in the Coliseum. I, 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 I was speaking one on one with some, with a person of a good standing within uh-huh. within the establishment that I was going to, and I I was like I call I think I believe I called him bro, and <laughs> I said something happened and I was like oh that's awesome give me a high five uh-huh. and I felt like I was I, I look back on it like this is exa- <laughs> this is a, a scene for scene situation in from from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air when he's trying oh, yeah, to get yeah, into yeah. it at that high school <laughs> and he's acting all himself. Uh, the only problem is I don't know how to solve Rubik's cubes. Yeah, <laughs> and there was no Rubik's cube there. Uh-huh. So uh, needless to say, I, I looked like an ass. Yeah, and I also have heard horror stories, and this hasn't happened to me. In the way one addresses professors in emails, if it's too. Informal, uh, informal. Yeah. Then th- some people will say, "I'm not responding to your." Yeah, yeah. Email. Some will say that. So again, I think there are some discourses learned through that means. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, truly believe that, and the, people say this up and down. The best way to get a great college experience is obviously to network with your peers, but to get bonding with your professors because later down the line, these are the individuals that are going to help you out with your with your grad pro- uh, grad programs, your senior theses, um, or getting a job. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. I mean, Einstein is a perfect example of this. Uh-huh. He was an independent thinker. He did not like secondary ed. He went through all these loops just to get into university. He excelled in his own way, mm-hmm. but he was a terrible, terrible, terrible student in, in, in regards to 
interacting with, with yeah, teachers. Yeah. And because of that, that's why he was stuck in a patent office for seven years because not a single professor would give him a letter of rec. Because oh, is that they were, really why? Yeah. They were so huh. like, dude, you're a freak. Like, <laughs> like, like you, you think you know everything? Um, Turns out he did. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and it goes to show you, if you don't play a game with people properly, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're not going to be successful, but it definitely means you're putting yourself into a hole. And there's the old expression, don't burn any bridges, right? Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, he did become successful, but it shows you that there is an extra sort of effort that needs to be applied to that as well. So yeah. I, I'm a firm believer of learn how to play well with people. And I think if you are a genuinely good person at the same time, mm-hmm. things will probably go a little bit easier. Not every, You're not going to get everything, but you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll get you'll get some places. You know what I mean? Just be a good person and you know know how to hold a conversation and not make people feel like you're a jerk. You know what yeah. I mean? Not every, every, somebody's going to make you feel like you're a jerk eventually. Most people. I wouldn't say most people, but I, I, okay. you can't please everybody. But be true to yourself in the end. And that's Dave's advice for the day. Wow. <laughs> Tune in next week when we talk about how the best way to eat a cherry pie. Yo, what's the best way? I can't wait. Just, just, you you just, just got to tell me right now. Just slice it and just eat it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Some people think you gotta put the whole thing in your face. Like, yo, 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 yo! Hold yourself, hold yourself before no, check yourself before you wreck yourself uh, with cherry pies. That's that's Dave's tip of the week. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, Tim, it's been short but sweet, short, just like that cherry sweet. pie I was talking about. <laughs> it's like the prostitutes in the Roman Colosseum. I, I don't know if they. Were, I, don't, I know nothing of the actual physicality of them. But all right, okay, okay. Yeah. But uh, it's great talking to you, my man. It's great. Uh, I'm happy that you got your. Uh, trip all scheduled out and mm-hmm. uh we're looking forward to when you actually make that trip to hear all about it yeah we should do a podcast while i'm over there if we, we can, can work try out the we can try we'll probably have to pre-record like two weeks of podcast. i'm gonna be out for the most of august so why uh i have a life what do you mean out for the most of august i'm not gonna be around to a podcast for most of august all right if you say so so we're gonna like pre-record like three weeks worth of stuff we'll probably just talk about potato chips the probably, whole time probably. yo Oh, potato. No, we're not doing this. No, that's, gotta, that's for the August session. You got to save gentlemen. that material. Of course. My friend, thank you for coming. As always, this is Tim. And this is Dave. This is Tim and Dave. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Take mm-hmm. care, everyone. Yeah, potato chips. You ever get a green yeah. potato chip? Yeah, man. Dude, oh, man. Arthur had chip. like an episode about potato <laughs> chips. And I used to eat those potato chips. Yeah.